Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth to this continent a new nation. Ladies and gentlemen, Abraham Lincoln. Let's give him a big round of applause. Like you know anything it about It is such an fashion. honor, Mr. President. You don't know shit. I no. know you look ridiculous. How yeah. about that? Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. I am one of your hosts, Michael Shields. Before we dive into this episode, I just want to say I hope so much all of you are staying safe out there. You're staying inside and finding ways um, against all odds to stay positive and hopeful. I, I know it isn't easy. These are odd times, strange times, scary times. And we hope at the podcast we can t- kind of do a little part to... Um, Take your minds off things, mind off things, and uh, escape a little bit with us into into these films, into these television shows, and just forget about things for a little bit and have some fun. Because um, uh, got to kind of try to make the most of this thing out there. So stay strong, everybody. Um, sending lots of love your way. Today we are here to talk about the HBO comedy series Curb Your Enthusiasm, created by and starring Larry David. It's 10th season just wrapped up, and uh, we have a lot to get into here. And luckily, to get into it with us, we have uh, Justin Wells with us, podcaster, film buff, film enthusiast, friend of the pod, friend of mine in general. You you might remember him from the um, Secession episode here at Welcome to the Party, pal. Welcome, Justin. How you doing? I'm doing great because uh, thus far my two appearances on this podcast have really spanned the the entire breadth of my my ability to commentate on uh, culture and, and and entertainment, which is either making fun of the stupidly rich or just being a neurotic Jew. <laughs> yeah, but to, you know what? You pick your marks well. That's smart. You know the buckets you can hit, and those are the shots you take. I like it. Hey, let's do this before we get going because. Uh, we all need peace of mind and serenity now. Let's um, let's share in a breath of meditation guided by J.B. Smoove, a.k.a. Leon, from Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> Look at you. You all fucked up. Clear your mind. Let yourself fall away. Breathe in and breathe out. 
your mouth. Exhale through your ass. You know how to fucking breathe, don't you? I don't got to tell you how to breathe. That shit is involuntary. Picture yourself walking alone in a meadow. A stream flows by. Damn, streams are sexy. Carrying away your worries and all your fucking fears. While your eyes are closed, you don't see the fucking reality. And you in your mama's basement on that stupid-ass, dirty-ass couch. We said a full-size couch, but you don't. You're sleeping on a fucking love seat. And I fold your body in half and lay the fuck down on that bitch. Your life is fucked up. Center yourself. Get your fucking life back. Close your eyes and imagine where the fuck you at. Go back to that meadow. A bird chirps in the distance. But not one of those annoying-ass birds that never shuts the fuck up. A cockatoo or a fucking parrot, some shit like that. I'm talking about a, a nice, relaxing-ass bird. A fucking bird that just sits the fuck there and just looks at your ass. That's all the fuck he's doing. Not bugging you. Not getting on your fucking nerves. Not taking you someplace where you don't need to be. Look at him. He's beautiful. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that bird. Oh, it's a whole lot of them. Think of something that brings you joy. A butterfly. A fucking butterfly. A warm ray of sunshine. Titties. Fucking titties. You know what you like? Keep breathing. In through your nose, out through your ass. In through your nose, out through your ass. Keep going. Keep breathing. In through your nose, out through your ass. Keep going. Keep going. Now get the fuck out of here. Uh, I needed that. Hey, real quick, one more piece of business. Uh, a reminder that Welcome to the Party Pal is part of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to OsirisPod.com to check out the eclectic offerings of podcasts they have. Um, they're putting together some quarantine content right now. We're going to be doing a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Welcome to the Party Pal is going to be a part of that. We're going to be airing each um doing something each uh, Wednesday at 6. You'll hear more about that. All right, Curb Your Enthusiasm time. Justin... Wait, wait, one, one second. You, you, if you're calling it quarantine content, you can call it quantent. You guys uh, <laughs> owe, me, owe, me five, owe me five cents for that. <laughs> That's all right. We're using that. I'm talking to the whole Osiris team. Season 10, Justin. What a, a doozy. Um, what do you think? You got any opening thoughts? Lead us off. I mean, they made it to, so they made it to their hundredth episode in the, ser- yeah, in the series the, finale. That was the finale, and you realize that basically having a, a series where you're going to have eight to ten episodes per season, some of which are a little bit longer, some of which are a little bit shorter, but uh, you're 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 going to have to just uh, 
realize uh, that you're only going to get one or two uh, plot lines projected throughout it, right? Mm. And you just got to pick out which one is going to be the one. And the one that I'm really glad that they stuck with was uh, the Spite Store. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, what they did, and you're right, this was the the first episode of Kirby Enthusiasm aired in um, 2000. That was actually October 15, 2000. So we're talking about two, um, you know, two, uh, wait, um, so that's... Every couple of years, we get to, every every two years we get a season, pretty much. So they did hit their hundredth, but uh, this one with the, the this first episode, and we're gonna go episode by episode uh, through it. But they did they 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 built something. They built a strong foundation um, based on the storyline that was about spite. But uh, what what you know what I keep thinking about with when it comes to you know uh, Larry and, and Kirby enthusiasm, what they do is just. They seem to just really do a good job of uh, upping the crazy each year and just like upping, you know, what Larry will do. And so much of it is based on Larry's quest to kind of get away from people. And and so often that, uh, you know, that that kind of uh, it goes against the the, the norms of, of, of social ways. And how timely is it that like some man is is kind of just always doing everything he can not to be around other people? It, it feels like there's a few people he can stand to be around. Yeah. Yep. And it just feels like so obviously he can handle being with Leon. Leon is really the closest thing. He like some people marry a woman. Some yeah. people are married to a woman, and some people marry, or some people are married to a man. No. You know, you, sorry to be so heteronormative. About no, no, there's, but um, basically, but basically, Larry's found that his greater quest in life for fulfillment is more around the fulfillment of sexual needs when he needs to come after him. But really, he just needs like small bits of companionship. Sure. He's given it enough by uh, by Leon and Jeff, and to a point. Richard Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, basically, like, he fulfills every single need he has from a relationship with them. But that also leads to some of the frustrations that he has in life, namely Susie. Sure. Absolutely. Who is just really, truly one of my favorite. You're right, though. I mean, um, there's, I mean, life partners take on a variety of forms. I think too many people put in the box of, of who grown people should live with, what grown person's life should look like. And I, I, I just, it doesn't have to be romantic. It, and like Larry figured that out. Exactly. And it doesn't have to look any way, you know, there's no certain way things should look like there's no supposed to be, I always like to say, but um, yes, he, he's, he's found so much in that relationship. And I mean, Garland is, I just think he is the most, amazing Larry enabler. Like Larry will sit down at a table and there's many instances this season um, when he'll say something, Larry, Larry will, right, I mean, uh, Jeff will be right there just to fire him up. Like, yeah, right. Like he's just, he's the most, he's, he's, he's got his back in this crazy way. It's so cool. He won't say a bad thing about him. He won't, he won't. You, you could, you could, he, you know, you can try to get him to, but he won't. So as I was saying, he like, it, it, it's it feels oddly timing, and I guess you can read into anything, and we're all you know kind of sheltered up, and you know oh, probably overthinking too much. But I mean, I mean, you can almost imagine what Larry would do in a, in a COVID nineteen situation. You know, he would use it as an excuse in some ways, or, or you know, it would be fun to almost see his, his take or his shelter in place with Leon. But um, this is a man who's been social distancing and. Uh, 
and and uh, uh, you know, for the case of for the you know, who speaks to this season, he's been stocking up on sanitizer long before any of this. You know, I mean, this is something Larry does. He's 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 a social distancer. Unfortunately, sanitizer is an accelerant. So exactly, exactly. Problematic, right? Yep. Even then, Larry's like, that's the beauty of Larry. Even his ability to try to like it, Larry's stockpiling on sanitizer. Yeah. Like he'd find a way now to make that somehow bad. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, I have seen a lot of people talk about just like what, you know, it would be really interesting to see what he would do in this um Situation and I, it just it, I think it's I think it played out in a lot of different facets in this season. Episode one was called um, "Happy New Year," um, and it, it, I kind of get a little uh, you know I, I I love the season. There'll be minor critiques throughout, and one of them I, you know that whole joke about the statue of limitations of the New Year's well wish. I find that a bit uh, you know kind of a bit played out premise, but the episode started. And this is what I was talking about earlier with the upping of the crazy. I just feel like every year when I watch it, every season when I watch it, I'm like, man, he's going off the rails more. Because it starts with Larry and Leon walking, and they're having a discussion if they are happy with their uh, color, the color of the skin. Leon is happy with his because it's, uh, as he says, fucking mahogany. And, of course, Larry isn't because they kind of get to the point where they're talking about hot cereal. But a second later, he's walking by two people who are using a selfie stick and he grabs it and he just snaps it over his knee. And I'm just like, right then the, my first thing that came to my mind is like, all right, we're off the rails. Like if Larry's just taking strangers possessions and snapping them, like it's, it's, it's all bets are off. Yeah. And all bets certainly came further off when he met <laughs> Phil Rubin in that episode and wanted to, uh, really get away like really 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 get like it comes back to your entire concept of how how far are you willing to go to to get away from people and i'd say that wearing a maga hat to lunch (laughs) is pretty pretty far that you're willing to go to get away from people that's that that you just nailed it that is exactly that is that was his way of social distancing at that point the moment he realized the power of that hat he he knew he found a way right away to utilize it and just look at you. Did you see how happy he was after he realized it worked when he's sitting at the counter trying to eat and people were coming up and you know he just you don't see Larry look more happy than when he schemes something perfectly to not be around other people. Yeah, no, it, it's basically his complete and total modus operandi, <laughs> which is how do how do I function in this situation? Without having to function. Yes, exactly. And so I did speak of, um, you know, just how I feel he's upping the crazy. There's so many moments in this in this episode one. And this it, they really um, you I mean, it, 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 I think everyone talks a lot about the improvisation that happens on the show. And there is. And of course, they get into the room and they have the they have the, um, you know, set up what the conversation will be. And they do improv, improvisize a lot of that. Well, I stumbled over that word a whole bunch. But if you think about the writing of this show, it's so cohesive. And so much of what happened throughout the season was set up here in just a major, major way. But, you know, uh, but the, the, to kind of touch on the crazy a little bit, I mean, he has this moment with um, uh, where he he's, he, he's seeing I, I don't know was that his friend I'm talking about the moment where she he runs into his friend at the uh, gym this is like it's pretty early on and she's pregnant and right away she mentions yeah his, and basically he starts giving her shit about like getting her heart rate up on a treadmill exactly he at first first thing that happens between them is 
they talk. Uh, she mentions how she has an African American husband, and right away he says, "I, I, um, uh, you like saying that he's African American, don't you?" I just right away, yeah, completely inappropriate. And then he was judging her um, on how she chooses how to work out pregnant. I mean, it's it's off the wall. And then then soon after, um, you know, he's he's. He's giving uh, his assistant then, which was a big storyline throughout their relationship, uh, a hard time about her tattoo. And, and if she want, if she didn't want people to ask about it, um, she should have got it on her ass. And it's just like it's just it's this just it's all insane. It's crazy. But the table begins to really get set when uh, uh, Muckle Joe's when he goes in there for a coffee and then. And the um, the table's a little wobbly, and then you know he's he's um, just kind of judging what's going on there. All right, I've been waiting all day to specifically <laughs> ask you a few questions that, that address the situation here because there is one thing that I that I ultimately have learned about Kerber enthusiasm that I that, that I need to get out there, which is that Larry's always right. Oh wow! Yes. Right. Well, uh, all right, go on. You got to convince me on this, I'm, and I'm here for it. It's his it's his universe, right? Yes. He's always he's always right, right? In his world, the, 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 he can rationalize it's, it's, it's what it's, you're it's, saying. It's, it's his world, right? Yep. You're not getting a, a reliable narrator, sure. but it's his world. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But basically, um, in this particular case, with like that, like the questions, the way in which he's thinking about this, are the, are the perspective of a guy who thinks he's open minded, right? Larry thinks yeah. he's open minded towards things. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have time for people shit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think he thinks when you say, when you say that open minded thing, I think you're you're hitting so, uh, like a nail on the head really well in that he feels by this over communication he's being you know that 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 you know overly sensitive thing. The fact that he's bringing up these things in public and talking about it, I think he you know I I, I think he thinks that's absolutely the right thing. And and I hate to use the word, but almost like a woke way, he's he's being above the situation by being open about it. I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but this is just for an example. Like, Larry's the most woke. Larry's the most woke guy in comedy, right? Like, I just want to put that out yeah. there as like, uh, as like, and I mean, it is objectively as possible. You think about this, like also in one of the jokes in this episode, one of the jokes in this season mm-hmm. is, is so not only like not transphobic, but trans friendly to the fact that like, they're making fun of like a, a, a post-op, a, a post-op trans man's, penis size yeah oh absolutely it, 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 i want to get nobody into else is touching that absolutely I, I definitely want to get into that when we get to, down to the final one but um but the example i was thinking about is i mean uh when they're down at the wedding at one point when the groom walks up uh Tim- timothy oliphant um put justified and deadwood and um but he walks up and larry right away you just ask him just straight up just you know, what are you doing? You're inviting the you know the, a broken up couple, and just like it, it, it's, as crazy as that sounds and and, and aggressive, uh, it's 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 kind of uh, putting you know he's he's bringing the elephant in uh, in you know the elephant that's in the room. He's just like let's get it let's get it out. He's always like let's get it out. You know? Oh no, that's that's entirely it. It's yep. basically like like that. The beauty of that also is just obviously how Larry was annoyed about the fact that. Yes, you invited the broken up couple, but you clearly didn't want me to come. So why would you invite me? Yep. Coming down to the fact that he even like everybody else has these gorgeous hotel rooms, <laughs> and his like his room is nice. It's a nice room. It's not like that hotel room didn't look shitty. It was until fine. you saw every until other room. Yep. Then you're like, wow, you really didn't want me here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're talking about things that just like he's he just they're just the show. It's just not afraid to tackle things to the point where. 
I, it makes me uncomfortable at times, and it's a good uncomfortable because I know I know it's going to be handled in in a way that's pure comedy and and you know not you know disrespectful. I mean, but it does. I mean, they jumped into Me Too and they jumped into the Me Too movement pretty fast. I mean, his relationship and. Uh, with his assistant, I mean, I mentioned the tattoo conversation they had, and then he was wiping. Uh, at one point, he's wiping his glasses on her shirt, and he didn't think that was strange at all. And then, I don't know, you know, obviously the situation. The, the, I mean, he was obviously irritated by the dog eating out of his bowl. Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, she, uh, <laughs> a perfectly germ filled thing for like this podcast at this time yeah, exactly it's 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 almost too too on the nose but um i love uh at the end she thought he was sitting with um uh weinstein she thought jeff was weinstein jeff was harvey weinstein yeah <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts of the episode absolutely but i just realized though that we had just taken a diversion out of just the introduction of mocha joe and we had there's there, there yeah. there's also a question i have to, to, to ask you Please. about this first we, off yeah we got to set this up um, you, if you go into a, any sort of restaurant or, like, specifically, like, a short-order place, like, like and, like, I don't love going to them, but, like, even if you walk into a McDonald's, right? Yep. If you're sitting at a wobbly table, it ruins an hour for you. Yeah. And then the other one. I was just going to say. Cold coffee. That, that, that was – those were the two things that started <laughs> – that that led to the Spite Store. His, his problems with a cold coffee and a wobbly table, and uh, both are not okay. And I guess that's – I guess you're kind of uh, winning this Larry is right war that, uh, that that you set up. These are two these are two problems. I mean, if you go to a coffee place, right? It's all about the bean. But the way the only way you're going to really experience that bean is you know a, a cup of hot black yeah. coffee. I, I don't think you get it through iced coffee, right? Iced coffee basically gets watered down in about six minutes. Mm. So the only way to make that work is basically cold brew with Ice coffee ice yeah, cubes, yeah, right? Yeah. A, a, a level that most people aren't willing to yep. go to. Yep. Um, the only other thing of note I can think about in episode one, Happy New Year, that um, kind of came up was the big, good, good, the big goodbye. That was, that was, that's a pretty good bit. Um, and he was called out. He was, oh, yeah. It's, it's a, a great, great bit. bit. And it makes sense. I mean, there's been many a time. Uh, I think it's just so much of it is relatable and, and and some of these things that he, uh, you know, it, that irks him, that uh, that causes him to act the way he does, we all get it. But usually we, or I do, I, I can't speak for other people, we'll kind of just put up with it. You know, I'm not, I'm not here, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to stir things up, I'm, you know, but Larry is. And, and I guess that's why we can appreciate him so much. He's making the stands that many of us don't. It's, it's great. Do you think the big goodbye works on you? Because I think it works on me. Like, oh, I think someone I haven't seen oh, all night. Yes. Yeah. Someone I haven't seen all night coming up to me and, like, making a big deal. I don't think being the last person, but, you know, saying that, like, they have to go someplace, even if they know they, they have no place to yeah, go. As, it still works on me. I, like, I'm a as, sucker. Um, as someone who is prone to an Irish goodbye here and there, I will I will pull it if things are, if, if the situation allows and I, I feel it's not rude. The fact that you're taking the time to to circle back and say goodbye to me, yeah, you just want some points. It, it works. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it, it's one of the it's one of those things where Larry is basically just calling out a societal moray. Only he's just saying what it is rather than doing it because he doesn't know how to keep his <laughs> exactly. mouth shut. Yeah, that's uh, that 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 brings up another good point of uh, I was talking about relatability. It's also it feels like such an honest show. 
He's just, and it goes back to him, what I was saying earlier about his communication and just putting it on the table. He's being honest. He's sharing his worldview. And whether it's good or bad, it's, it's, it's honest. And that's, that's, you know, you don't get honest all the time. And, and, that's, and honest is funny, too. When, when, you, when you really tell, tell people or share what, what's going on in your mind or what you're thinking, it's fucking funny. Well, you're right. And that's also where, you know, kind of, uh, and, and maybe I'll, I'll I'll do the job of progressing us to the next episode. Yeah, side sitting. That's where his, That's where Cheryl comes in. Yes, exactly. But um, so if, nobody nobody gets Larry as much as Cheryl she gets Larry. Does. And I think that's why she kind of resents him. Yes, their relationship. I you know what? I don't think I appreciated it as much early on when it was going on. I mean, because I you know I don't know. It was what it, it was one of those things. She almost felt like um. His uh, it's the way people looked at like Skyler with Walter, like it was just like we're rooting for him, and yeah, I don't, I don't think I just understood how great she was early on. I'm sure I'm, I'm probably alone there because she is fantastic, but uh, she I, I saw her as an adversary instead of like just like more of like a a, a great sidekick or just something. Not sidekick's not fair, but but yeah, seeing them kind of come together was kind of fun. That also had um. A great Susan moment for me because he won Susan's heart a little bit in that one with that portrait. That portrait is one of the most amazing <laughs> things I've it's ever so seen. Good. And I'm going to take us on a small side detour. Take us anywhere so, like, we go. The, the only time I've ever taken my parents out for an experience. So my parents' birthdays are five days apart, mm-hmm. both in early January. Yep. Similar to mine. My family's weird. We're all in January. Oh, really? Wow. But, uh, yeah, that's yeah, an odd one. Mm-hmm. All four of yep. us, January. But, um, the only time my parents have ever asked me to ever get them something as a birthday gift, they asked me to take the two of them to go see Susie Essman at uh, Caroline's on Broadway. Wow. How is she? How, how is she? Filthy. She's absolutely oh, filthy. It's amazing. It, she's, the, it, she's the best. She's so filthy, though. She, um, I just listened to an interview with her, and it was so, it was so good. She's just... She, I mean, she, she had a lot of great things to say about, you know, kind of what happens on set behind the scenes. And just she, she, had, she gave, gave Larry so much credit to the like setting up all the scenes and just letting them go. And she's just like, but it was, it was again so honest. And she was just like, look, I, I get to go on set, say fuck you, Larry, a bunch of times and then leave. And, and like I get to come back the next day and do it again. And she's like, I got the best job. And she's, she's awesome. And I love that that was the gift that <laughs> your parents. That's so cool. It was a great, yeah. It, 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 it was a really fun evening. But I will also say uh, this particular thing about that portrait. What a creepy gift, Larry. <laughs> what a Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff was so, so, so obviously and adamantly set against it. And the way in which Larry had to go about trying to kill it to make it better for Jeff was torturous in, in, in the most high, high regard. Yeah. No, I I, I can I couldn't agree more. That was that was a unique um, episode. It was actually, I, I it, it's I guess that was. I mean, everything they're doing, it, it almost felt like a little bit of a transition episode to me. It's when I think back of the season and think about all the moments that were in so many of the episodes, it was you know it was building a lot with. Um, his assistant and what was going on there. And, and Cheryl and Ted became a big, uh, you know, uh, storyline that would push through the entire time. But I got to tell you that that moment when um, at the end, when he was making things right with his, with his assistant, but Ted came in, I was it, it, it for some reason, it impacted me in a big way when I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Knowing he's going to do it. Don't do it. Don't side sit. Don't side sit. And then he side sits. And, you know, he just blew that all the goodwill. He made back with his assistant right up there just from that side set. It was wild. 
That's the, that's the beauty of him. He has no idea on like what constitutes a priority. Yeah, yeah. No, he lives, and it's another. Yeah, it's another thing that's that's really interesting. He lives moment to moment. It's kind of like it's kind of like um, self preservation. In that moment, he did exactly what he thought was necessary for that 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 bigger quest without thinking the repercussions of it. So that led us to episode three, which was called Art of... Wait, wait, before, before we go... Please, before we go you, if to, you have it, episode three, uh, stop me there, at any there time. Is another thing that I, there is another thing that I do want to go into in, in episode two, because it's really the only, like, real extended exper- appearance for him in the season is the... Uh, the, the cousin Andy character, uh, uh, Richard Kind, yep. uh, who is absolutely brilliant in this series and basically everything he ever does. Absolutely. But is absolutely brilliant in the fact that they also brought in, um, you know, him, him into, a, into a married relationship where he's very tight and basically at this point, like part of a unit that's as weird as his individual mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so funny because of the fact that also. It, it's not like he's any longer been bent to Larry's will. He's bas- he actually now has like a counterbalance that basically is another fuck you Larry voice, yeah. <laughs> which builds into the character who is just what you know with in the early seasons with Larry and his father. The three of them basically are sitting there as people dependent upon Larry to people who are like depending on you is dumb. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's very telling to who uh, to 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 living a life as someone in Larry's world. It's not easy. It's really, really not easy. I'm glad you. I'm glad you stopped there. And you know what? As we go along, um, it's going to be important to. There's so many uh, different characters that come into this world, and there's a lot of stars that come into this world. And, and I, I know me and you discussed it earlier. We were going to discuss it on the top. Um, just kind of like uh, you know these different um, you know. Vince Vaughn's going to come into this, and and um, I already mentioned Tim- Timothy Oliphant, Isla Fisher. Let me think, Clive Owen. There's just so many different all these pieces, and some of them are. You're gonna get you're gonna get a really good John Ham- John Hamm appearance. Oh man, you know what was wild is um that was you know they put out the trailer, and John Hamm was all over that trailer, and and, and I know a lot of uh, buzz from people I know who were talking about the show. We're all like John Hamm's in this season. John Hamm's in this season. And it, 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 I mean, he was, but it wasn't like it's one episode. It was one episode, and it de- it definitely delivered. No, it definitely was. Uh, was it, it, from from the reading I get, um, people really feel like that. That's that's one of people's favorites, and I couldn't agree more. It's also a toss back to cl- a, a callback to Clear History, which yeah. If you haven't, I, seen, I don't know how many people have seen Clear History, yeah. but you should see Clear History. It's a uh, it's 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 a Larry David film, and um, it was it, did it. Am I right about this? Was it an HBO film? I feel like it premiered on HBO. It was it was an HBO yep. film. Um, Larry, Larry plays a character named Howard, yep. who uh, invents something, yells at his boss, <laughs> who he calls a moron. <laughs> Played by John. Yep, it's re- it's uh, really his boss gets rich. Yeah, it, it's uh, his boss gets rich uh-huh. off of it, and then he has to spend his less, rest of his life in ignominy until the boss shows back up in a place that he's fled to. Watch the movie. Yeah, it's funny. It's 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 fantastic. If, if anyone's a fan of Larry David, and I'm sure you are, if you're here with me and Justin right now, uh, get involved. It's fantastic. HBO Go, I'm sure, has it. Um, so, Artificial Fruit episode three. That to me, that was the most cringe. Zaragoza. That was the most cringe-worthy episode of the series. Um, I mean, just the fact. I mean, it kind of culminated in uh, him being at a charity event for uh for survivors of a sexual assault 
with, with and not really handling it in the most impressive of ways. I mean, that was I. It was, you know, when I watched the show, and I, I know I'm not alone in this. I'm just like I, I, I'm, I'm almost nervous of of him crossing the line. I'm just, and like, and he does or he doesn't. It's just it, oh, he crosses. Yeah, he crosses, and, and like on like just brazenly with that Larry David smirk and smile, and you're just like, it's just I. You know, I I enjoy it. I get it. I get the humor there, but it's it could be trying to watch some time. And this was the one where where it really got me. And that cringeworthy uh, only curb can make you feel that way. Way. Oh yeah, no, the, 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 I hate I hate talking about an episode skipping by slowly skipping to the very 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 end. Yes, that's. But it also had like one of the greatest, like multiple of the greatest side plots I've ever I've seen. <laughs> But um, the the the, uh, the trans like the transphobia joke at the end mm. is amazing. Is amazing. I thought um, you were gonna do something else at the end. That's, no, that transphobia joke is it's. I couldn't believe they went there. I mean, but this, I could not believe they. <laughs> I went could there. not. I still it's 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 crazy. That's what I'm saying. I, the entire time that like towards the culmination of that episode, I was I was I didn't know. I just I was almost left feeling. Uh, you know, not like wow, that was a good episode. I was, I felt weird afterwards because not only did the, all that happen. I mean, that's the episode where at the end he lets somebody choke to maybe death in the elevator. I mean, it's is that's. I mean, it was a dry scone, man. It was a dry, dry scone, and it's 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 one of those moments where you have to sit and the the, the screen goes dark and the da, da, da starts and and you are sitting there, and if you're a decent human being, like I I suppose I am, and I believe you are too, Justin, and I believe all you listeners out there are as well. You you start thinking, wow, am um am I rooting? Uh, for a terrible, terrible human being right now, and it just that that, that left this this one left uh, the artificial fruit left a, a wild taste in my mouth. All right, I mean, there's a few things that happen in this episode yep. that make you obviously know that you're rooting for a terrible human being. <laughs> First off, there's the fact that he beats a man to a wake where the other man has no reason to actually be there, just to try to give a credit card to head the other guy off for paying for lunch. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Zaragoza, yep. one of the better parts of the episode. Yep. Great call. What else do you have here? Keep going. Um, I'm trying to remember. If it, I, 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 all right. So, what else do we? What else happens here? So you have that. I had this in my head a second ago. No worries. Got, everybody's got to remember we're recording this at about ten o'clock on a Friday night <laughs> when we've been isolated. Yeah, absolutely. A few drinks have been consumed. Um, <laughs> no, well, well, you know what? Let me let me use that as a moment to make a point because um, when I was going through and I was taking notes and I was rewatching and and just getting into it, I was taken back. Just, I mean, uh, first off, these episodes aren't that short. We're not talking with like a regular comedy that is on HBO, like a, like a Veep or anything, where we're talking, you know, twenty seven to twenty nine to thirty minutes or something like that. Where these are forty two minute long episodes, but more than that, more than just the length of each of these comedic episodes, is I couldn't get over the amount of bits and just like uh, little like moments that are packed into each one. So much so that I knew we'd come to points like this where like you'd be bringing something up and I would be like, damn, like, wow. Like I completely, 
like forgot about that and all the hoopla of all the other uh, you know there's it's and I mentioned earlier, I just think it's such an incredibly well-written show. Like these, this is not, it, it comes off kind of cavalier, as Larry is, as he moves through the world in this way. But it's not. These, uh, all these schemes, all these bits, everything that he's bringing to the table in each episode, and like I said, it's packed in. There's tons of it. It's, it's, it these are all rehearsed. This is all things they, they wanted to bring to the table. It's just, they, it, it, it makes sense to me that... Um, you know, we all, we we've gotten a season every two years. I mean, this is this is six months to a year in a in a writing room before you before you roll those cameras. They 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 put in their work beforehand. Yeah, they do, and and so yeah, it's it's the Zaragoza. It's Zaragoza coupled with um, the uh, the the obvious Laverne Cox incident, and also when he tracks down the the pastry chef from ah, the Plaza Hotel yes. <laughs> in a backyard in L.A. at the beginning of the episode. That, That's the third thing I was thinking yep. of. That is just like, who who goes through the length of packing down? Like, it's not like it's a pastry chef. It's like the guy who cooks, like, who made scones at, like, the, the buffet counter. Yeah, yeah, like, that was a that was a spite. Uh, uh, he tracked him down out of spite. A spite store purchase. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everything is is his fuel for all this was spite. I found yeah. I found that moment. I found when he tracked him down that spite track down. I found it pretty endearing too. Just the way like he's kind of giving um, this 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 former uh, 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 pastry chef like a crack at it. Just I don't know. I loved. I, it just it it, it was. I found that fun. I found that that was a cool. I'm glad you brought that up. That was a cool little moment that I might have glossed over here. Also brings up something though that we're thinking of, like because you can sit there when also something like a conversation about a scone is brought up, and you sit there and you think about actual pastries that you'll eat. And I guess the question is for you: Do you like 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 how how much moisture do you need in a pastry to be able to get it down? Because if I eat something dry yeah. like a scone or something that's dry, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't want that. Nope. There's no there's no amount of liquid that makes that pleasurable for me. No, exactly. It's 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 so off putting from the get go. The next thing you if you're if you're using liquid to get something dry down there, you're basically taking a pill. That's what you're doing. You're popping a pill. I want to enjoy my. I want to chew my scone, my pastry. That's what they're for. To to enjoy the taste and the texture, not to swallow it like a pill. Fun fact: No person can eat six saltines in a minute. <laughs> is that it? wow? That that is that a thing? Is that is yeah? That it's a, a thing. I've tried. I've gotten so like many that's... people to try it. It's t- it's too dry. <laughs> it's like five is the four or five is the amount you can force down. It's the sixth one. You just it, it, it just it's impossible. <laughs> Let's keep things rolling. Episode four. Uh, you're not going to get me to say anything about Mickey. Um, I like this one a lot. This is um, this is when uh, Larry's dating a little bit. Um, they they it's the yo yo dieter one, which is. It, you know, I, I, it, I I identify with that. I'm a yo-yo guy. Yeah, yeah. It's, anyone should be. You know, things go up and down. We we are humans are complex. It goes on. But I really like the trip. I like taking the journey down there. Uh, we mentioned Timothy Oliphant as the groom earlier. I loved on the ship. Um, you know, we already kind of touched on this a little bit. Him going room to room. I love that Liggy shows up at Leon's room. Leon Leon was asking if he um, if he has to pay for the uh, massage he got from the. Uh, from I think it was just the person who was taking care of his uh, his room. I don't, there were just all these funny moments, and you know I don't know. I just I like that journey. I really like the um, uh, when he was 
parading people in front of the uh, carnival person who judges weights when he was kind of trying to do it on the sly. It's just, I, you know what, I, I don't think it had the sharpest of bits or was the one that's kind of like the, you know, oh shit episode. I just, the whole thing kind of felt like a fun little getaway from the larger scale journey. But at the same time, it did bear fruit for the larger uh, plot line as it was because um, they got them beans gotta at find the your end. Beans. They got you them gotta beans. Gotta find your beans. <laughs> they got the beans, and so it did. It moved the uh, the plot forward. We got the uh, the bean meister really got it done, and so it, I just felt like that was kind of a step away and some nice moments. But um, yeah, it did move the plot along. Let's just keep it rolling. Let's go into episode five because there's a lot of fun here. Strong star power in episode five. This one is insufficient praise. This is the one where. Um, uh, it features uh, not only Vince Vaughn, but uh, Isla Fisher and Clive Owen. But let's talk about Vince Vaughn. And I want you to start, Justin. I, I don't know that I necessarily think that Vince Vaughn being anything besides Freddie Funkhauser, the reject nephew of a character who will unfortunately never get to see again. It works. He's yeah. just He's just like able to be stupid enough to fit into Larry's world. Because, yep. so, like, the beauty of Larry's world is that the people who participate in it, despite their relative levels of intelligence, are actually still all morons. <laughs> yes. Larry's a moron. Jeff's a moron. Yeah. Leon's a moron. Lewis is a moron. That's it's why I like them. I'm, I, too, am a moron. He did. He did. And I, I have something to say about Vince Vaughn as the character, too. Um, Vince Vaughn playing that role. But you're absolutely right. I love the idea that he kind of slid in and, like, there's just, like, that part of him – that's just gone, like that part of your brain that like doesn't judge Larry. Just he slid right in as as Freddie Funkhauser's um, ne- nephew, right? Yeah, the the nephew. He's Freddie. Freddie Funkhauser is Marty is is Marty's nephew. Marty, he's Marty's nephew, which was it was nice to see that legacy continued. Of course, but um, what was what's interesting to me is uh, to kind of pull it back, um, you know, from to look at it as not not as plot or anything like that but like Vince Vaughn coming in as um, an actor so many times people come in and play themselves I always think it's unique the decision they make which which actors come in and are going to be playing a role and I think I think Vince was a nice choice here Um, you know because I mean obviously you know we get Clive playing himself uh, later on and and then we you know this is the um, this is also the professional crier episode this is this this there's a lot of moving pieces to this. This the professional is, it, prior part's brilliant. Is isn't this also it's brilliant? Absolutely. Isn't this also the sex doll episode? Yeah, it is. Um, Freddie is in fact the one who purchases the sex doll for Larry. Yes, <laughs> yes. Think of everything we're talking about. We're talking about the the Clive Owen uh, uh, play, the the fake tears, the, the you know introducing of of um, um, uh, Vince Vaughn as Freddie Funkhauser's nephew, and just and then all the sex doll stuff that culminated with that wild well, scene the, at the, the end. The maid. Yeah, the maid. Exactly. Yeah, the, the trading of the maid, the maid situation. I, it, it just. It's just these. I don't know. I guess you can hear my awe in in this this tangled but like very drawn out web that each episode seems to, and some more than others, seem to put together. It's it's wild. He has a a, a real 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 gift at making tons of people feel uncomfortable from the same situation that's only the same to him. Yeah. Nobody else is linked in this situation. 
right? It's all just in ah. Larry's head and his basic, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like an energy he carries into, into five different relationships per episode. Yeah. But the only person feeling that energy is him, and he's able to displace it perfectly. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, the only ones that are able to feel it is him. But yeah, we're, we're along on the journey with him. So we're, we're feeling the whole thing along the way. Uh, you got anything else on uh, the um, Insufficient Praise episode? Because I'm pumped to get into the surprise party. I mean, I, I really do love Clive Owen in it because of the fact yeah. that he's... He actually shows something in the, in this particular episode that's something that Larry is wholly, 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 like, unsuited to understand, which is actual vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Larry's Absolutely. never you know, really vulnerable. That, no. It's against it's the, his ethos. The, 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 it's the opposite of. Absolutely. It's not something that comes into it. No, it, 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 and, and just the, I love when you get to see a performance like that. I love um, that they took the time to show a little bit more of the performance. Sometimes, like, the performance will start. We, we spent a little time with his, his little one-man show right there, and I thought that was really, really fascinating. Um, let's, do, let's do the surprise party, episode six. This is uh, one this thing I This is the I best love. episode of the season, by the way. It's, I, I have an arrow. I, I think I, it is. I, I have, think it's the best I, episode of the season. I have a notes right here, just the list of the episodes, and and I wrote this. I was doing it was late last night when I was putting this together. I have an arrow next uh, next to it that goes to it, and just says my joint. I love this one. This is like it's it got me on so many levels, and uh, once again levels to it. Um, but I mean, this is when we learn about the squatting toilets and actually get to see what he's been doing in the back rooms, and and just like he's he he gets the tour. It's it's it's. Of, of this fucking absurd idea, not only the ones where, you know, in the male restroom where you're not going to be able to, um, you know, take a shit. You are going to have to, like, stand there on the things and the thing goes up. But the one that really got, gets me is the woman's restroom where they have the squatting toilets and they he's talking about it. But it's it's this is Larry as a man making the assumption that this is something that they will love squatting like this holding the pole it's just the, the hubris it's wild yeah it's like dude just build a bathroom you <laughs> build just build a bathroom <laughs> it's just so it's so easy just like this should not be the last thing i've worked in restaurants i have a lot of restaurateur friends as i know you do and just like all the things you could think of when you're dealing with this this is the, the easiest thing is to you know, I'm sure you want it nice and the whole thing, but like the easiest thing is to build a bathroom and just the, but that's Larry. That's like the kind of like the joy of Larry. He's, he's really like, he, th- he thinks he's solving something that we know didn't need to be solved. At no point did it need to be solved. And not only that, he, there's, there's a thing in this episode that's just like the most beautiful subtext, Right. Susie throwing a surprise party for Jeff, who's patently unhealthy, who the entire premise being a surprise will give him a heart attack. And it gives the cardiologist a heart attack. It's <laughs> like that's Kerber. Enth- that's it's like a, it's a Larry David, like a oh, what's the what's the weirdest flip I can pull about like this particular thing that the one person who'd be fit to help anybody here is incapacitated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, Rusty Holzer. I mean. Rusty Holzer. This uh, strong star power in this um, episode, too. I mean, the, the, it's see, again, 
and I keep going back to it, but there's just so many moments. It, this is kind of a small moment. It's one of my favorite of the season. It is the hallway race to the bathroom with Fred Armisen's character. I just, I thought that was like, I totally understood. I put myself, and this is, I think, what a lot of us like Kirby Enthusiasm for, um, is you put yourself in Larry's uncomfortableness. Like, you get why he's uncomfortable. I would be standing behind Fred Armisen's character and having the same dilemma in my head. You know what I would do? I would sit back and I would wait. I would not walk by him and I would let him go to the bathroom. But Larry... Uh, you know, true to form, thinking that it was the right thing. He, the, you know, he probably did the math on the time that it would take him to get there. He even alludes to that. He goes ahead and, and races by him and goes to the bathroom. But they also make friends, and it's just, it's, it's that was just wonderfully de- delightful and weird well, to me. It's because once in a while, Larry's going to meet a person who actually thinks like him. Yeah. Until Larry's ability to think that the person who thinks likes likes thinks like him goes far enough as to where he takes liberties, that person's handicapped parking permit gets chewed up by a Nazi dog. Yeah, exactly. I was I was I was gonna lead it straight into the inventor's dog who, who responds who uh doesn't he sit at the uh Sig Hale sign? Yeah That's, he does. <laughs> he, he I mean like and look if you have a dog you get it because a lot of like the, the signs you give to a dog to sit are kinda like that but also yeah. uh, the dog's name was what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, there's just these layers. Again, uh, another uh, moment of star power. I mean, Chris Martin's in this one. Um, uh, I can't think of the inventor's name right now, but um, he's, he's, he's... Alan Tudyk. Is that Alan Tudyk? Um, yeah. I know he is. he's the droid in Rogue One, um, uh, which is such a nerdy little fact to bring up. Um, but that episode... Uh, was just incredible. It's one I'm going to revisit time and time again and um, led us into uh, episode seven, the ugly, uh, the ugly section. So uh, this, this is one, a thing that completely exists, by the way. Yeah, go on. I think that an ugly section is probably the most L.A. thing possible, but it definitely exists <laughs> in restaurants. There are definitely <laughs> restaurants that are putting really attractive people in front and center when they can. Yeah. And throwing the less attractive people where people can't see them. There, there's a lot of truth there. And, and it, it just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. You know what? The joke got a little bit overwrought for me. I'll be honest. Like the, the, the they went back they, to the well a few times too many. That's, that was, I, I guess that's, that's my hesitation here. I just, I mean, I love a lot about this and I'm going to, I'm about to, Drops, I, I'm about to like really hand over the mic because I really want to hear something you have to say about this episode. But um, I really did. I, you, I think you just nailed it. They went back to the well a bunch. Like they just kept returning to it. And Nick Kroll, who I love, would just kind of, you know, over and over again. You knew the deal. You knew the score. And he just was trying to figure out a way to work in there. That's a, uh, you know, and he did through Jane um, uh, Krukowski, which is she. She has a magical vagina, by the way. Did you know that? I, I, apparently so. <laughs> that was that, that bit. That bit was really, really funny to me. But this is an episode that um, featured uh, a man who killed man, himself. We'll, we'll, we'll call we'll call him Carl because that's the we'll character's him, name. We, we we will call him Carl. Who uh, he killed himself for years of disappointment from being a Jets fan. Um, uh, what can you say about that, Justin? As a as a Jets Jets fan, so. 
part of the joy of this show is the fact that you know that the two two of the characters who are main characters, like Leon, so J.B. Smoove and Larry David, both diehard Jet fans. Both diehard Nick fans, right? And Carl, it was the Jets that killed him, mostly. A little bit of the Knicks. But um, that team, that franchise will make you go completely insane. It's done it to me over the course of my life. Larry, and Larry having Larry introducing a character who, you know, thankfully it's only a character who killed himself because of the Jets. Although I don't doubt that somebody probably has killed themselves because of the Jets in real life. Because they find ways to tear your heart out. Every Sunday between September and December, they will find ways to destroy you weekly between then and then. If I'm if if social distancing does one thing for me, it eliminates a football season so that I don't have to be disappointed from them this season because I, I I'm going to repeat the same mistakes. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get excited. I'm going to think that they're good. And then I'm just going to get angry when they're not. And Carl, Carl, thankfully, is a fictional character who took it too far. But deep inside every Jet fan <laughs> lives Carl. I knew I saw this one before you, and I get, I get, I shot you a text. So I'm like, um, yeah, they did a curb for you this week. Um, and that's that's one thing. In, in anyone who knows a Jets fan and, and has one in their life, that's close. And I got, I have a few. Um, there's a pain there, and if they really care about it, there's there's a real pain there that um, made the made this whole premise that they went for. You know, feel very real, and I think I I, I think they they've experienced. Uh, so wait, so you said I both, went to uh, the Meadowlands the week after Tom Brady <laughs> tore his ACL in two thousand eight, and watched the Patriots backup quarterback on five days of work beat the Jets. These are the things that make you uh, want to take your life, even if you're with somebody who has a magical vagina. <laughs> I just exactly it's, that's it. It's, Basically, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's not worth it, right? Because at that point, they look like they were past having kids. This is just you know, this is just this is basically contrasting joys, and you know that the joy you're going to get from sex is never going to is 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 going to fall is going to be rendered incomplete because you're a jet fan. I um. It's it's part of me has over the years taken a little bit of uh, a step back from some of my sports um, affiliations just because I sometimes think some of the joys that sports will give you isn't worth the pain that will give you that it might give you. And, um, you know, I I don't think many people have experienced it in the way that um, Jets fans have. If you're a Jets fan, you've never really experienced joy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't even have that other side of the coin. You don't. You didn't experience it. Um, I, I'm glad to get that jet insight. Poor, I knew Carl. That. poor Carl. I, I knew, you know, poor Carl. He took it. Carl. He took it too far. Thankfully, he was a fake person. Exactly. We. It's. Uh, <laughs> but every real jet fan out there understood what he felt. Episode eight. Elizabeth, Margaret, and Phil. This is just, I mean, they might have just called it the John Hamm episode. I mean, it's just brilliant. It's, we got two Larrys. We got, we got a committed actor who came in. Um, well, a great actor. I love John Hamm. Um, came in portraying a committed actor who wanted to be Larry, needed to be Larry. And we ended up by episode's end with two Larrys. Yeah, down to the fact that he disappointed the one person he was aiming to help. Yes, exactly. Those are the two points I was going to bring home on this. Like, it, he disappointed. Um, we're talking about Cheryl. 
the person he was meant to help was the the newsstand attendant. Uh, the news newsstand attendant. But then, like, he ended up like getting so deep rooted into this Larry character that he pissed off in the way that only Larry could piss off these two people, Cheryl, and he even at one point. There's a great fuck you, Larry, like or fuck you to uh, John Ham from Susan that only like Larry could invoke. Like he was that deep rooted into the character that when she said fuck you to him, I'm like, she, that's that's Larry only gets that. And he was he was the second Larry. Genius. Yeah, he was he was, basically. It, it, it's Cheryl once again, is the only person who can get through to him. Yep. And he forces Larry off of his post because Larry's <laughs> Larry and Leon's idea is not one that's tenable. It's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> it's shocking. It's really great. It's it's um I don't know. It's it, it's all season long. Everyone waited for John. I just Hamm, love how many of worked. his ideas. Just love how many Larry Larry's ideas involve going to the bathroom. Like thinking about the fact that people need to go to the bathroom is one of Larry's biggest concerns in life. Yeah, I was also um, another uh, a major cringeworthy moment was when he's asking the um, Asian people at the table next to him what they're eating. And like, it just oh yeah, it, which it, is a it, thing that like people do like at restaurants. They're like. Oh yeah, we're at a, we're at a Korean restaurant. Let's look at like with the like you know like you're at a Korean restaurant. You're a white guy. You're gonna be like, oh, what are the Korean people who are sitting next to be eating? They might not even be Korean. They could like they could be <laughs> like they could be Chinese or Japanese, right? Who's to you assume? Don't necessarily who's to, know. Who's you're just making assume, an assumption. Who's to assume anything about anyone sitting at another table who are strangers to you? And but like it, yes, it, it, everybody's it, done it. it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's not uncommon for anyone to to look at other people's dishes and judge the whole situation. It just, it crosses that line when, you know, in the line they were trying to cross in the episode and asking and saying, cause uh, you guys, cause you, you guys know, you know, like it just, and, and I love one thing Kirby enthusiasm does as a show really well is, uh, kind of clap back at Larry's shit. Like the, the, the family, I don't know if they were exactly a family, the group of grouping of people there were just like, what people? What the fuck are you talking about? You know, like making sure that they know this is, you know, what's going on is not okay. You know, it's 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 it. There's no heel usually in those type of situations because there can't be. He's out of line. Oh yeah, no, he's a mess. He's an absolute <laughs> mess. <laughs> he's, a, he's a mess. Um, uh, just because it's there's a lot to get into. Episode nine, beep panic. Uh, we had a. Uh, at a, at a top of the, a top of the episode, mentioned that Larry David and Abby Jacobson have perfectly good comic chemistry through the oh, entire thing. We need more of those two. Abby from Broad City, of course. Um, uh, this this is this is a really great episode. It's I just can't go. I can't. I'm, I know I'm moving far into the episode, but uh, I can't get enough of when it really goes down. When he buys her the car, it's. It's Larry has that fuck you money that that to buy a spite car based on just the, the his situation of wanting to. I buy, mean, it's he, literal fuck uh, buying a spite car is literal fuck you money. It's fuck you money. Larry has fuck you money to like deal with the situation that that became a little uncomfortable, and it's just that I, that was one thing that was my takeaway while I was watching it. I'm like, look at the way Larry confidently and spitefully uses his fuck you money. It's really something else. But I'm bearing the lead in a major way here. Because episode nine 
does something that I, I, I don't even know if Curb Your Enthusiasm has done in this brilliant of a way. And that's the uh, opening commercial because Latte Larry's is, is coming to life at this point. And we are, we are gifted with uh, the uh, commercial for Latte Larry's to start this episode. And it is so amazing and so surreal because he's going over all the things they have. It feels... I don't know if you're a Tim and Eric fan, uh, Justin. I'd, I'd love Tim and Eric. As a I, I, I am a, I am a yeah. Tim and Eric fan. It felt like a Tim and Eric sketch. His his commercial for Latte Larry's to start it. It is. I've watched it now probably nine or ten times, and it's something anyone who's around me and we're hanging out by the TV and the YouTube late night or whatever. Like it's. I think it's the, one of the funniest things that's ever happened in Kirby enthusiasm. It's that. Larry Latte Latte Larry's commercial. It's so good. It's the sec- it's the second funniest thing that HBO has had released in the course of the last two years. The first of which being the video for Misbehaving by <laughs> in the Righteous Gemstones. But uh, <laughs> yes, Misbehaving's, Misbehaving's amazing. Yep. Uh, it, it, it's it's it, Misbehaving's comic genius. But uh, th- this is not far behind. Um, no. But it's just so weird. It's just it's, it's just why like why does this place exist? Why? Why does La, why, why does Latte Larry's exist? It, it, it goes down to the fact that a, that a rich guy got really pissed off about a, a wobbly table and lukewarm coffee. Yep. And That's now it. he has this ridiculous like I don't know why this commercial comes out this way, but it does commercial. Yep. No, because it's honest. Once again, it's honest. He's telling exactly just like the things he thought were so great. And he looks proud in it. It's it's like it's kind of shot in a way that it's, um you know, uh, um you know, could be on basic cable type situation. It just it's, it's absolutely genius. Um, The beak beep panic bit kind of, you know, um to me, yeah, you know, I, 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 I drive a car every so often I get stuck at a. An intersection that doesn't have adequate stop signs. I get. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. But but just I mean that that beginning and the ending when he does you know at that point where he just kind of the fuck you buys the car. Just I mean that was just just amazing. And 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 let's get into it. Episode ten, despite store, um, it was it was a worthy one hundredth episode. The the finale. To season uh, ten, um, that what they brought it. Everything they built, and they built a lot. All the storylines felt like they really culminated in just a wild ride of an episode. What do you think? I loved it. Um, the moment at which it hit home that the spite store was gonna turn on Larry was when yep. he tries to get uh, the watch fixed, and instead of having a jeweler <laughs> there, it's Mila Kunis. Yeah, yeah, he 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 fucked himself. They they he his spite store uh, idea became so contagious that that it ended up ruining other things in his life. You're absolutely right. That's when the spiral, the downfall began. Great call. Yeah, it's just sometimes maybe spite isn't the best reason to do things. <laughs> no, no doubt it. Um, it and it just it just it the whole thing kind of came made sense to me and what they were doing and all the like little pieces that he was you know the puzzle pieces that became latte larry's um you know how problematic they were and how problematic uh, spite can be came home with the line uh you did so many stupid things it looks like arson 
when the, when the yeah. firefighter told him I that. Mean, and, you have you have no open water surfaces because your toilets. <laughs> yeah. You have an accelerant on every table. Yeah, the the tables and we couldn't have, move. And we couldn't move the ba- tables. And you have a flammable ba- and you have a flammable battery on t- on the bottom of every cup of coffee. Yep, and then you couldn't move the tables. They couldn't like stop the fire more because the tables were locked down, so they weren't wobbly. The whole thing. And his biggest and his biggest problem was the fact that he had fixed a few things at, at Mocha Joe's that Mocha Joe could have just like been like. That if he'd asked Mocha Joe nicely, <laughs> rather than thinking that he was just entitled to a warm cup of coffee and being like, yeah. "Hey, Mocha Joe, can you can you just heat this up for me?" <laughs> or yeah, yeah, or he could have helped some of these ideas that he had. Maybe could have shared. So there's there's a yeah. million ways to fix what happened besides uh, creating a spite store. Besides I, creating I, the spite store, throwing <laughs> more money into it. And then basically having a situation where your coffee and your sit and your the heat of your thin- cups are so good that they're drawing firemen there in a manner where they're acting irresponsibly and using their horns in a in a manner that you've picked up on. Well, I mean, even uh, kids kind of like uh, spite at the at them, spite at the world, uh, uh, slowing them down to get there. Every, all of his actions, even just in those last moments to- of the fire, were were leading to this you know, destruction of, of this thing he built. And then eventually his, his, his home life as, as it came home, his new next door neighbors, his new next door neighbors. I mean, there, there was a downfall. This, this, this like wonderfully written story was, was, was this arc that led to him the entire time stumbling over his feet so badly in, in which he thought was so righteous and correct. And even if it was spiteful to, to it all falling apart, all because of his own actions. It's just, it's, it's just, it's so wonderfully done. We saw a lot of, we saw a lot of star power in this one with Jonah Hill. You mentioned Myla, Sean Penn, um, and and we did talk about um, Sean, uh, Sean Penn's pets is amazing. That's that, like it's truly great. Also, because Sean Penn has been in the news earlier this week for some reason, he ended up on CNN like uh, as, as as a voice about the New York and the coronavirus, but. Uh, did he really? Sean, I don't know. He did. He did. He actually ended up on uh, CNN this week. But yeah. um, I've been watching too much TV. Uh, <laughs> we, but, we all um, have. We all have. Yeah. Don't watch the news. It's just going to make you crazy. Um, but uh, Sean Penn's pets, man. Of all the things that I think that guy could get aggravated by, a pet store. Yeah. That's kind of funny. No, it's it's really. I thought Jonah Hills was amazing. They 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 said they targeted Jonah early. They knew Jonah was a fan of the show, and just like his brand of humor fit perfectly for it. I thought he crushed that diner scene, and um, we touched on it earlier or alluded to it earlier. But um, you know the the conversations he had with um, it was Chaz Bono was uh, playing the character, and that is Sonny and Cher's child, who is a, a trans man. Um, I mean, he was having, again, uh, just to, to harken back to that idea of them crossing, you know, almost crossing the line many times. I mean, he's having open discussions about the specifics of, of uh, transitioning um, with, with the trans man and, and, and just really specific uh, discussions. But, they, he, you know, I, I did do some research and they did talk to Chaz Bono and, like, they kind of worked it all out with him. And he was just, he was game. He knew they weren't trying to play him. They knew it was all, you know, just trying to be open and honest and in a cool way. And that was awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's what, what a season. I just, I think I, there was, from what I can see, in the ether and get the feel from people 
people liked the ninth season. I liked it a lot. But this season really hit home. I, it, 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 I, think, uh, I think everyone was feeling really satisfied at the end of this one. I think, I think it came about when we really needed it, too. Uh, yeah, the last the few months have been uh, the last few months have been a little bleak, and uh, I, I feel uh, like I needed some, you know, uh, misanthropic humor that shows that we should poke <laughs> fun at the misanthropes. It, it, yep. It's important for us right now because Larry, Definitely. Larry, David, like you got to realize he's playing a caricature of himself, and he's really not this misanthropic. And you know, he's I'd imagine he's probably still a total pain in the ass if you had to deal with him on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, no, I'm glad he's found a way. I'm glad he's found a way to amp that up for our entertainment in a manner that's not off-putting. He brought, he put the uh, the crazy. He put the pedal to the metal on full crazy. Uh, you're right. The timing was perfect. Uh, serendipitously, some of the topics became like something relatable and interest, fascinatingly timely. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just, it, it's. It's I I you know what it left me and I, it, it, this is something that happens every year it left me wanting more really like a lot and I know I know Larry definitely has a lifelong pass with uh, HBO they they're like you know don't decide now um, you you can come back whenever you want take your time whatever but just like it just showed to me that he has so much more to give just like how much comedy was in each episode how like the, the just the overall arcing s- story that came home to roost and 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 and, and being topical and and i don't know it hit it, it i thought it was i thought it was amazing yeah i i think i think he's still got a little bit more in him and i want yep. him to i want him to keep going because i need him in my life he's uh he, he's he's a a weird form of a conscience but i think he's a I think he's a comic who's aged well, um, mainly because of the fact that he actually doesn't have like like his gripes and grievances with the world are dumb and stupid enough for us to all understand him, <laughs> rather than being that like he's aged out of a society that doesn't understand him anymore. Yeah, and I like the yep. I like I like the first form of that where it's a guy who's like still pissed at all the same things that we're always going to be pissed at, just it applies to a different time in which you live. Well said. Well said. Uh, Justin, I can't thank you enough for coming on here and, uh, and, and talking. Anything else you got? Did you want to throw anything else around, uh, about this wonderful season 10? No, I've got, I've got nothing else except for, you know what? Larry's a treasure and, uh, we, we should, we should always make sure we celebrate him. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I'm glad we did it here today. And I appreciate everyone out there who, uh, joined in on this party and, uh, to close, um, and kind of for my own uh, fun. But here's an ex- excerpt from uh, what might be the greatest scene in all of Kirby enthusiasm. It's not from this season, but uh, it's uh, the apocalypse, so who cares? Uh, until next time, thank you all. What it is, what it yeah. is. Come here, I need to talk to you. What's going down, Larry? Listen to this, all right? Oh. I'm in the doctor's office earlier. There's a guy sitting there, a skinhead, Okay. He looks at me and he says, what the fuck are you looking at, Jew boy? What? Fucking faggot. What? What you do? what I do? Yeah, what you do? I slunk out. You slunk out? Slunk. I slunk out. So you didn't do shit and you punked out. That's what the fuck happened, right? Yeah, I punked out. I punked out. How'd that happen? 
What was I gonna do? The guy, the guy could have killed me. Next time a man caught you a fucking spack, you getting that ass, Larry. You know what I mean? You getting that ass, Larry. That's what the fuck you do. What are you talking about? You let the man slide today. You gotta immediately get in somebody's ass when that happens to you. You pull their asshole open, step into their asshole, close the door behind you, take a spray paint can, right? Uh-huh. Larry was here. You spray paint Larry was here, wash me, all that kind of shit. Fuck his whole asshole up. These snicker bars, throw some paper on the floor, read a newspaper, ball of paper up the newspaper, and throw the newspaper on the floor. Mm-hmm. Fuck his whole asshole up. You know what I'm saying? Then you yeah. open that asshole one more time. Open it again. Open that asshole again. Oh! Step out his ass. And leave that motherfucker wide open so he know you've been there. Open it up. Step, Step in. in the asshole. Spray Larry paint. Larry, Larry was, was here. here. Leave garbage. Snickers, eat Snickers, leave garbage. Spit. Fuck it. Get out. Mm. Open it up again. Yeah, step out the asshole. Step out. Don't even close that motherfucker. Leave it open so he know you've been there. You feel me? I got you. I That's got how you handle people. Mm. Get in that ass, Larry. Don't worry. All right. Hope you don't get me killed. My man. Mm.